Hello and welcome to another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast. This is a podcast that features music, interviews, and studio performances from a Midwestern perspective. My name is Peapod. Hanging out here in my home, much like uh, maybe a lot of you, but uh, hopefully you are all excited and hopefully you're doing well and you're staying safe and maybe you got a vaccine, maybe you got double vaccines, whatever the case may be, hopefully uh, you are doing well. Thanks so much for taking some time out and listening to us. And I'm very excited to uh, interview this man. Uh, you know, lots of people have reached out to me in excitement for this episode. So I'm very honored for this. This man has been a tremendous guitar player uh, for a lot of acts. And of course, he in the last few years, has been uh, going out on his own with his, some of his own music. And this year, he dropped a tremendous uh, full-length uh, self-titled album on the call today. is Mr. Bones Owens. Bones, hey, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out and talking with me. Sure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Very excited for this. Uh, getting to know a little bit of yourself uh, during the research and a lot of, like I mentioned before in the intro, a lot of friends uh, have been reaching out. Very excited for all of your work. Really dig your sound. Um, you, you reside currently in Tennessee. You're r- right from the Midwest uh, also, though, uh, from a little town in uh, Missouri. We'll dive into all of that in just a just a moment, but with that, with everything going on, with the, the craziness of the world and the vaccine and the and the virus and everything, where are you at? Where's your head at right now? You know, it's um, it feels like I uh, know there's still, uh, gosh, I mean, we're we're still in the mix of in the midst of this whole thing, but um, and there's still a long ways to go, but it feels like light at the end of the tunnel, you know, um, it's been almost, almost two years since I've played shows. And, um, you know, I I think here in a couple months, there's some, there's some dates on the calendar that seem like they're probably going to actually happen. So I I'm feeling pretty optimistic about, you know, getting back to doing the thing that sort of makes me feel normal. And, um, you know, I, gosh, you know, that's, Huge. So I'm, I, I feel sort of relief. I'm double vaccinated and I'm ready to go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I get my, I get my second shot uh, later this week. So uh, nice. I'm, uh, uh, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm a little worried because I, I know a lot of people have had like weird re- reacts and the first one kind of took me out for about a half a day. Uh, my wife, uh, she was fine, but my wife is a stronger woman than I ever will be. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, minor inconvenience for going to see my friends, seeing live shows, seeing live music again, which Damn, do I miss. And, uh, you know, being the performer yourself, are are you scared? Are you going to get like those, you know, butterflies again? Like the first time you've ever performed live, you know, what are you, what are you excited? Maybe not excited for, uh, for getting on the hit in the road again. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, just, you know, pre pandemic and everything tend to be, uh, a little bit of a hypochondriac and a paranoid person to begin with. So, you know, there's aspects of getting back on the road that, that uh, at least for the time being that I'm not as excited about, but um, you know um, I, you know, for instance, I, but I, I I love, I love being able to meet um, people at shows, fans and just, you know, whoever's hanging out. And uh, I usually make a point to go, back to the merch table um, after the show and hang and meet whoever wants to meet and hang out. And um, so, you know, I don't know if there'll be a whole lot of that going on for a little while longer until we're really in the, in the clear, but uh, you know, I, I, I miss that 
aspect of it um of touring just as almost as much as performing you know just um the people you meet and um of course the places you see but um yeah so i you know uh, of course jumping back into anything there's a little bit of hesitancy but but man i mean it's all gonna be um this is gonna be awesome to get back to it I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's going to be definitely a renaissance of not only just, you know, people going out to shows again, whether it's on a local regional level, but just live music. And a lot of these venues can work better. A lot of these artists and the, and the crew that these live shows bring. Um, I think a lot of people will be in, in, uh, in a better place, hopefully uh, for a lot of, it. and a whole lot of new music coming out, which I'm very excited about. And, you know, diving into some of your new music, I guess, I guess we'll jump ahead to, the present maybe look back at some of your stuff but this is your first full-length album that you dropped back in february of this year and uh before that while leading up to a handful of uh songs and a couple of them will feature in the episode uh that got you know some playlist play um maybe some regional radio play things like that um the idea of doing a full-length album sometimes can feel very rare in the today's music society. Um, what's your thoughts on putting out a full length album? What, what was your fears? What was your, you know, interest? Why, why do a full length? Why not do another couple of uh, EPs? Where was your headspace with that? Yeah, well, this was, you know, everything that I had done up to this point was, was, you know, self-funded. And so that just like most things in, in life, uh, you, you know, money, um, factors in and you have to think like all right cool well um you know the the idea or the concept of uh, the undertaking of a full-length record it wasn't really necessary um some people would argue that it's not necessary really at all even if you have the money to do it now but i'm such a kind of old school um you know it's well you know it's weird to think that that um, wanting to make a full length record makes you old school, but right in, in, you know, but, uh, anyway, I grew up listening to full, you know, to LPs and, um, to full records. And so, you know, the goal was obviously to always do a full length to do full length albums, but, uh, the budget really dictated what I was doing in the past when it was self-funded. So, so I did singles, I did some EPs, I did kind of whatever I could afford to do at the time. And then ended up in this place where 30 Tigers became involved and there was a, a bit of a budget. And so it, it finally, it just finally made sense to do a full album and uh, have proper distribution and packaging and, um, marketing and all those things that I've never had before on any of my releases. So the, it, you know, it was exciting to, to have this prospect of a full length record and, and, and an actual team behind it to help push it out there. And, and, you know, hopefully the first of many, we'll see. With signing up with 30 tigers, that's got to be very relieving for being an artist that is always on the grind. And now you have a team behind you that will help with a lot of that stuff. So you can concentrate on what matters for you. And, and that's your music and 
you know, family and, and things like that, that you could just create. And that's got to feel very relieving, very exciting for all of that. It is, you know, um, at, and um, yeah, I've got a great team of people around me and 30 Tigers has been great to work with my management, my booking agents and um, publishers and everyone involved, you know, there's, it, it takes a, a, it really takes, takes a village to make it all truly happen. And, uh, and yeah, I come from a pretty DIY background, so it's, it's still hard for me to give up certain uh, responsibilities and, and duties and things like that. The cool thing about 30 Tigers is that, you know, myself as an artist, um, I'm able to remain independent. Um, and um, so, you know, there, there is still a lot of that DIY kind of thing that, that I get to hold on to. And when, you know, we're, we're, in other words, you know, when someone goes and signs maybe a major label deal or something, you're, you're really signing your rights away to, to have, to have a full say in, in the creative output and, and things. So um, I've maintained, managed to maintain that. And um, it's a, it's kind of right where I want to be, I think. I think that's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, growing up in Missouri. I, I know I've seen a couple of handful of in other interviews and doing research on yourself. You know, uh, you, you came kind of a, a small, like, you know, town in, in Missouri and uh, you, you uh, did a lot of writing and took up the guitar at such a very early age. But tell me a little bit about growing up and, and, and discovering the guitar. Yeah. Rural Missouri um, sort of, uh, just the middle of really of nowhere, middle of the country. And my, my grandfather's a farmer and we, we lived, um, you know, the, the, the closest town, like where I went to school was population of about 3000 people. Wow. And we, we lived in that town for a little, a little while. And then, um, when I was nine years old, I think we moved to the country and, and our house was just quite literally in the middle of a cornfield, you know? And so it was very rural and pretty isolating. And so I, uh, you know, I come from a musical family and, and so my mom had started me in piano lessons young when I was like six and around the age of 10, um, was was when I started playing guitar and that that kind of really became you know the piano is a thing you have to go to the living room to practice on but the guitar was something I could like you know lock myself up in my room and and mess around with and like I, I not necessarily have to practice at a volume that would disturb other people and things like that so um yeah it worked out pretty well and that was kind of something that I I played some sports growing up too, but I mean, most of my time at home, if I wasn't like doing homework or, or practicing basketball or something like, um, I was probably spending most of my time really with, with the guitar and with, with, um, the albums that I was into at the time and trying to figure out how to, how to play, how to play that stuff. What was the, uh, what was like the first song or the first album or the first, uh, artist that you're like, what was where was the moment for you? I'm like, I want to do this. Like, what was like the initial spark 
to do to do guitar to do music yeah um well you know we're i'm gonna age myself a little bit but we're talking about the 90s you know mm -hmm. and uh so it's so funny to say age ourselves because i mean i i was born in mid 80s so like yeah. i believe me and you are probably roughly in our 30s mid 30s and it's really right. funny to say you know hey i'm dating myself in the 90s even though the 90s was 30 some years ago which is wild but yeah continue sorry well yeah that yeah the 90s feels like it was like 10 years ago yeah yeah um but um but yeah, uh, you know, so the, the 90s were uh, an interesting time to be the age that I was. And it was an interesting time to be getting into music like I was and, and guitar because, you know, there were grunge music and alternative, you know, post grunge or whatever you want to call it. All of that stuff was, was huge at the time. And whereas in the past... Um, like the eighties, for instance, you had all of these people who were um, virtuoso guitar players, Eddie Van Halen and it, pretty much anyone who played um, guitar in like an eighties, you know, band could probably shred on guitar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the nineties, it was like, um, you know, like power chords and, and, you know, not to say there weren't, there weren't um, some really incredible um musicians from that it's more like a, the aesthetic in a sense yeah you know you could show up in an outfit that looked like you you just got done doing plumbing on someone's house and you know with your guitar and and play a few chords and like kind of yell and that was like good enough in the 90s sometimes right and right. so uh anyway so there's a lot of really simple music um you know from a from the standpoint of someone who was just learning to play guitar, you know, you could really play a dumbed down version of, of a Nirvana, you know, Nirvana song or something like that and sort of get by. And that was a lot of that was the first type of stuff I was learning on when I was teaching myself guitar. Um, I took proper lessons for a couple years and um, from like 10 to 12. And by the time I was 13, I was like, done with the formality of the guitar lessons and I just wanted to learn how to play the songs I was listening to and so so yeah it was you know um it was kind of like alternate 90s alternative songs I was figuring out and then um as I got good enough to then I started trying to figure out how to play songs from like my dad's record collection and and things that were maybe a little more technical like uh, or a lot more technical anywhere from CCR to Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and the doors and things like that. It's always very interesting to, to see the development of music from like the sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties. And like now it, it is, is very interesting to look at the, 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 the roster of music because everything is everything now. Like genres don't matter genres. You know, you got your chocolate and my peanut butter. You got my rock and my rap into my, country you know general is only used in the record stores for organization's sake um it's very interesting about the the wide world of music and yours especially you know coming doing you know little rock and rap maybe with your time with yellow wolf and mickey echo with uh his uh style of music and yours is kind of going that 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 americana uh soul blues rock 
worlds as well. Um, where do you feel or how do you feel about the current landscape of music and people performing and creating music and where it's going? Yeah, I, I mean, um, everything is, like you say, everything is, is it's, it's wide open now. There's not, there's not, it doesn't feel like there are these hard lines of genre. And uh, even with what I do, there's a bit of genre blending and going on. And I'm, I'm pulling from a lot of different, a lot of different places and, you know, I, I, I have, for instance, I have very different musical tastes from my wife. And so my wife listens to a lot of popular music. I don't listen to popular music. Well, I do by proxy, but right. not, I don't intentionally listen to popular music. Um, but, you know, in the car with her, I do quite a bit. And so that, that's really where I get my take of like what other people are doing or, or what like the majority of people might be listening to. Other, otherwise, I have to admit that most of my musical intake is still like old music. Um, I kind of, uh, I'm like the guy who shows up to the restaurant and orders the same, you know, the same thing every time. And so I'm, I'm kind of like that all the way across the board with my music too. Like I, I occasionally discover some new old music that I hadn't listened to before, but I'm, I'm not exactly out there um keeping my finger on the pulse of what what um the kids are into if you if you will or mm -hmm. something like that is there anything that has uh, as the kids are listening to that you've been you found very interesting um well kind of a guilty pleasure like i said from from my you know being in the car with my wife or whatever but i i actually do I, I do like the latest uh, Harry Styles record quite a bit. Really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I probably shouldn't say that um, <laughs> on an interview, but nah. no, it's, it's, you know what I, it, it's actually, it's, it's good um, for what it is. And he's pulling from, he's pulling from some, from some cool influences and, and whatnot himself. So he's a talented guy, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, a lot of other things that are popular music are just currently are just not for me. It's not to say that it's not good. It's just not. I, I don't pay much attention to it. No, it's fine. And uh, and I think I saw recently Harry Styles do an interview. I want to say it's Harry Styles. I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, then people can make fun of me afterwards. Um, that he was on uh, Howard Stern. He actually performed Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Did it very well. Um, so yeah, I actually I, saw that. Yeah, yeah. I thought, now, okay, now so I'm cool. I mean, like, right now, I'm sounding like a super fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's but nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, no, I saw that and it was cool. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so you know, you take all these influences from you know the grunge era, and then you take you know your your father's and your influences, maybe your grandfather's influences of the old school of you know 60s, 70s, and a little bit of 80s, um, and then you put that all together, and you start kind of you know not only performing guitar but also writing uh, to the point where you know you ended up moving over to Nashville, where you're now residing from, and you also got a publishing deal at 21 yeah that's yeah well the publishing the publishing deal was for mu music publishing for songwriting okay um it was with uh emi but um but i i was going to school at the time um studying english literature and creative writing at 
university and uh, just outside Kansas city. And um, so I was, I was into writing poetry and, and mostly poetry and some short stories. And that's what I was going to school for um, at the time. Um, and I had a couple bands that I was juggling through college and um, yeah, I, th this opportunity presented itself in, in, in Nashville. And I, um, you know, long story short, I ended up dropping out and, and, you know, just before my last uh, year of college and coming down here and, and accepting this publishing deal. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I had no idea that I would be here almost 16 years later, but uh, wow. Yeah, here I am. Is your wife from the, the Tennessee area? She lived here as uh, most of her life. I think uh, her family's all from Texas, but she came here at like 10 or something. So yeah, yeah, she kind of grew up here. But um, we met, uh, we actually met just a, a couple weeks after I moved to Nashville. So we've known each other for pretty much the whole time I've been here.
what was it about Tennessee and Nashville that really kind of outside of the, the, the publishing deal, but like, what was it about that realm that made you get up and leave Missouri, get out of the Midwest and kind of go down South, you know, the home of, you know, your country, your soul, you know, uh, uh, a lot of that style of music, uh, you know, unbeknownst of going, you know, you went there for writing, not necessarily music, but that the two kind of came together. So what was it about that area that you were drawn to? Well, it was, I mean, to be completely honest, it's just where the opportunity was at, at first. And, right. um, and so, uh, but before I moved here, I had myself and um, my guitar player in my, in one of my college bands at the time, um, he's the one who knew a guy down here. And we started coming down on weekends, maybe once a month for about my last semester of college. Um, and we came down and visited and we, and we stayed with, with the guy who was his connection. And we, um, um, you know, he was plugging us in with some different songwriters here. We were attempting collaborative, you know, songwriting sessions with new people and we were kind of getting a feel for the town a little bit. And it was just very evident to me that this was a place where there was an, a, clearly a very active music scene. And there was, and, and granted Nashville has been on the map for music for a long time, but 15, 16 years ago, it was, it was a pretty different, um, you know, it wasn't like a, the bustling city that it is now, you know, it's really taken off in the last 10 or so years, like, like to a, to a large extent, uh, as far as people really moving here from all over. But at the time, um, you know, it was a little bit, it was, it it felt a lot smaller here when I moved here. And, uh, so it was easy to like get plugged in to circles of, uh, you know, other people that were like-minded that were doing music and coming from where I was at in Missouri, you know, there were some people, you know, there's people that played guitar or wrote songs or had bands, but there, you know, nothing nearly to the, um extent like per capita you know what i mean you could throw a rock here and hit a guitar player you know it wasn't like that in missouri so coming down here it just seemed like wow there's a lot more people that are like really doing it for real down here and in missouri um i knew again i knew a lot of people that did music but it felt more like a hobby there and people were the people that were here had come here to do it for real and to do it, make a living doing it. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I felt like I needed to be somewhere where there were other people doing the same thing. Was it the type of music? Uh, that, Cause I don't know necessarily, you know, how was Missouri scene compared obviously outside of, you know, you know, hobby versus career in, uh, in, in Tennessee, but you know, music styles, you know, was Missouri and the Midwest a little bit more, you know, folk or harder in the rock, or was it just kind of the same because of the, the places, uh, in the parts of the country it is like, how was the music scenes compared, uh, from there to where you're at now? Yeah, it felt a lot more, um, for lack of a better term, this is a pretty general term, but it felt a lot more indie um in Missouri and maybe that's just kind of the circle I was running in at the time but I I think generally it was it was kind of 
I knew a lot of people in bands that were doing music that was a bit more obscure there. And, and here there was, I think overall there was less of a, uh, less of a thing of like, let's do something cool and more of a thing of like, let's do something. Let's, let's write the best possible songs or let's, um, <laughs> let's try to, let's try to make something of this. You know what I mean? Um, people here I found were kind of shooting for the stars a little bit more and, or for the moon or whatever the, the, the term is. And, uh, you know, I just think that a lot of the people that I, that I, that I knew that were in bands and what I witnessed in Missouri was, you know, people that were kind of like, again, sort of pretty contented playing on the weekends and then doing whatever they had, you know, their job was during the week. And um, again, there's obviously there's nothing wrong with that, but I think stylistically that kind of showed a little bit too, you know what I mean? Um, like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I should or, or how I should uh, <laughs> um expand upon that but but it's but it, it was just different and i think that you know the bar was just like raised um as soon as i moved here i realized like wow i need to get better as a songwriter like i can't get by on just writing music that is like kind of like hip or or cool um like this this <laughs> the uh the songs themselves need to be better and there's people that are that are world-class songwriters that live here that are, you know, you're basically kind of up against them. They're your, you know, if you want to be their peers, you're going to have to step your game up. So. I like that. I, it, kind of competition in a sense, but everybody wants to just do well because, you know, that part of the country is known for music. So you, you got to make sure if you're going to be in this world, you better step things up and make sure your game, like you, you mentioned, uh, is at the top of it. It's you, it, This is not a weekend warrior type of town. This is a, we are musicians for music's sake. We are living musicians, which is kind of the ultimate goal for a lot of guests and a lot of musicians, and a lot of people in and out of the show. You know, you got to make sure your your stuff is uh, up to par. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that was the sense, you know, I got that, I caught that pretty early on. And, uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I was, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, in any kind of thing. And, and in this, in this particular thing, it was some of the people that are still some of my best friends here. Um, I met pretty early on and, and fell in with them and some of them, are, are really, really incredibly talented musicians and songwriters. And so um, it wasn't so much just this thing of like going to a, sh a show and watching someone else perform and being like, wow, that guy's really good. I need to, <laughs> I need to get on that level. It was like, I go watch my friends and, and see their shows, my new friends and be like, wow. Okay. Um, you know, and, and something about just, again, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, no matter what it is you're doing, it's, that's obviously not just limited to, to music, but, um, you know, getting out of, of, um, 
getting out of the scene that I was in and coming somewhere like, like, like this, I, I immediately just realized like, man, yeah, this is where, this is really where some of my kind of people are what, you know, and they're not just from here. They've also traveled here from other places like I did. And, um, and let me be clear too. There's some people here in Nashville that are not like-minded people uh, to myself. And I, and uh, the older I get, the more I feel like a curmudgeon kind of acting like that. But there's plenty of people here that, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not particularly plugged into the country music scene here, but, um, but I have friends again, who used to be in rock bands that are, fully plugged into the country scene now and and they're st they're they're making a great living and they're still incredibly talented they've they've kind of veered down a different path but um but there's other you know there's plenty of other people here and and uh, a lot of the pop country stuff that's being made that i i could i really could not care any less about being a part of or <laughs> or uh, ever listening to or anything like that and it's it's, it's no disrespect, but I just, I want to be clear. I'm not like-minded with every other person here in Nashville. Right. Uh, and, and that's understandable. And you can tell that from some of your music and even, you know, diving into the discography of all of it, uh, hurt no one, uh, in 2014, uh, was your first EP 2017, make me no King. Uh, and you can kind of tell of that kind of the, there, there's, there's the influence, but it's all, almost of that old school singer songwriter outlaw country in a sense, uh, CCR vibes, you know, uh, as you mentioned before, um, and now going into the full length, um, and, uh, and putting that out in uh, February and you were sitting on a lot of the songs, uh, pre pandemic and a lot of the, but a lot of the subject matter, uh, what I've researched and, uh, what I've seen and heard and, and past interviews you've done, um, is a lot, uh, it's appropriate still from what what the world is dealing with right now uh, kind of tell me a little bit about the writing process and producing your uh full-length uh, self-titled album that you dropped a couple months ago um well i wrote most of the songs by myself i wrote most of them in the room that i'm you know sitting in right now which and, is a gorgeous yeah. room by the way i love all the <laughs> stuff in the in the in the background and everything lots of hats lots of uh, instruments um a snake of some sort um yeah there's a lot like of there's a lot of stuff in here yeah. um yeah this is kind of my little my little uh oasis in the house this is the room that um this is the room that my wife um lets me kind of have all my old taxidermy and <laughs> dirty stuff as she would probably call it in here. <laughs> and uh, the rest of the house is like white and clean and this is uh we kept we kept the old um we kept the old uh wood paneling and stuff up on the walls in here and very nice i i, I basically a lot of the stuff that's in here was like hanging on the walls in my my last apartment um you know before before i moved out here and so anyway there's something about the stuff and the vibe in here and um the view, um, as I look just kind of over the top of the view and the computer, um, you know, out the window, the view is just, um, it's, it, it takes me back a little bit to where I'm from. You know, I'm, I live just outside of Nashville now and, uh, there's pasture and there's horses and, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just peaceful and it's kind of, 
it's a bit of a blank blank slate almost and it feels like a good place to create from anyway i i wrote most of the song i wrote 10 of the 12 songs on the record by myself here in this room and um and i co-wrote uh two of them i co-wrote a song called lightning strike um and um blind eyes i co-wrote those songs with uh friends of mine mm. and uh yeah yeah, but I mean, the creative process for me is usually, uh, I wrote most of this record I wrote on guitar. I did write one song on piano, Blind Eyes. I, I wrote with my friend Matt Thiessen, and we wrote that on a piano at his house. And uh, I think that's part of the slightly different feel and vibe that that song has, kind of comes from being written on piano. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's kind of just locking myself in this room and picking up a guitar and messing around with it for a bit until an idea comes. And then uh, maybe I chase it down if it seems like it's worth chasing. And if not uh, on to the next one and, uh, or if it's just a day when nothing's happening, I, I choose to not, uh, I choose to not chase songs too far. And I, I used to do it a lot more and I don't, I don't like to do that. And Nashville is very much like a song chasing town in my opinion, but, um, you know, tell me I a little bit about like song chasing. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, what, yeah. what do you mean by song chasing? Well, um, I don't know. It's, this is actually a concept I haven't really hit on in any of my other interviews, but, um, cause I'm just sitting here thinking about it, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, let's see. Well, Nashville collab. I'm trying to think of how to describe it to people that that are not, um, you know, from here or that aren't um, that haven't sat in in some of these situations. But so a, a lot of the music that is produced in not just Nashville, L.A., New York, whatever, most of it is co-written. You know, most of it is two or more people in a room collaboratively writing a song together. Maybe one person is a really good um, lyricist. Sometimes, you know, uh, someone else is a really good melody, vocal melody writer, a top line person, as you would call it. And then, um, you know, then you need someone that can play an instrument that can kind of structure the song. And sometimes people can do all three some people are really more specialist at one thing, but um, a lot of the music that you hear, you know, when you're watching an award show or something and you see, um, you know, they list the songwriters, like if it's pop music or pop based in any kind of way, country, pop country music or whatever, it's, there's typically at least a couple different songwriters on it. Sometimes if it's a pop song, it could be like five or six songwriters, you know, um, and those situations, a lot of times pre-pandemic uh, consist of people getting together, meeting up at a publishing office and sitting together in a, in a room and like, all right, well, yeah, we're here with the, with the goal of writing a song today. Does anybody have any ideas? And then you kind of start from there and build off of that. And um, it's, it, I, I think that there's something very special and cool about that collaboration 
um, especially when you get the right people together on the right day. That's when magic can really happen. Um, but there is a bit of that, and I've done, I've done my share of that, and I don't mind doing it. I still like doing it with certain people, but I'm not so big on walking into a room and writing with strangers very often, and a lot of that does happen here. Um, but, um, you know, I like getting together with my friends and collaborating. Um, that's not to say that there's, you know, there could be some really good stuff that could come from collaborations with, with strangers. I just don't love doing it. It's sometimes awkward. So anyway, you know, the, the idea of song chasing, getting back to that, to me feels like, um, here we are today to, with the goal of writing a song from, from nothing. And I understand why it's done. And again, sometimes I do it myself, but I, um, you know, I feel like art needs to come from a place that's inspired. It's not to say that you can't get inspired, that a person can't, you can't, um, find a, a vibe in a room like that. But, uh, you know, I just, I've spent, um, hours, you know, full days in rooms like that. We're banging our head against the wall. We're trying to come up with what is the lyric you're trying to create it and pull something down from the ether. And it's like, it feels like, like, um, uninspired to me. This is just the best way to say it. It just it sounds it like feels... almost like a board meeting of sense and like a, like a <laughs> right. powwow, like just like a corporate, you know, how do we get people to like our product? Yeah. It's uh, like it... putting together a puzzle too, in a sense. And it's like, all right, well, this is the piece that we still need. How do we do this? This is, this is what it is. This is, this is what we think this is what we're told it's supposed to look like, right? Mm -hmm. This is what, this is the picture of the finished product. So uh, we're still missing this corner and this whatever. Um, and to me, I feel, and again, like, you know, I'm going to come across like a, like a dick saying this, but it's not, it's not that I'm too good for that. And I still do it sometimes, but I've been here again for like 16 years and I I've done some of that. And, Sometimes I just don't love it. You know, sometimes I don't love that type of creating unless again, it's with people that I kind of have a proven track record that I work well with, but like, um, I, uh, I don't know. So, so song chasing for me, um, I just feel like a lot of times I can hear a song and I, and I'm like, I don't know. It, I just, if it's inspired, I feel like I can hear it. And if it's not, sometimes I can just tell and it just feels fabricated. And uh, it does feel like something that was put together in a board meeting or, or something like that. And there's this kind of like, well, this is what it, this is what it should be. And then, you know, you hear other songs and, you know, I think, I think to my, some of my favorite artists and some of my favorite lyricists and, and, um, you know, guys like Bob Dylan or Neil Young um, and uh, Tom Waits, you know, people like that. And, and I think of those guys and I'm like, you know what, those, uh, those kind of songs and those classic records that I love by, you know, Tom Petty, I don't know, just like uh, those kind of guys, it's, it's, um, 
it's inspired. The music is inspired and it's like very evident that it's inspired and you hear it and you feel it. And um, so those, those songs, if you're, if you're a creative person and, and a, a writer and, um, and you're patient enough, those songs can come to you. But I think sitting down with the intention of, I have to write a song today, if you don't feel inspired, uh, to me, it translates as uninspired to the finished product. I don't know. That's kind of just, <laughs> I, I, sorry for the long winded, no, that, but that's kind I of the, uh, that's kind of my thought on it anyway. And so, uh, and you know what, some people might listen to my music and might say, yeah, that doesn't sound inspired to me either. And that's fine. But, um, and maybe some of it, maybe some of it isn't. Um, but I know the songs that were inspired, you know, and that, that are inspired and you can't, um, you just know when it's happening. And uh, so my goal is, and you can't always get that. You kind of have to wait for it. And my goal is to kind of be, try to be open to that inspiration and be ready for it to hit. And whenever it hits to make the most of it and to kind of ride the wave all the way to shore if I can. And sometimes you fall off and, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> you don't make it there, but um, you know, that's, that's, that's my goal anyway.
I think that's a good goal, and I, I don't think you you sound like a dick at all. You you know what works for you. You know the style, of what's going on, and you know music is not always a you know factory process. You know it's not you do an A thing and you do B work and you get C product. You know it's not always like that, and music is always different, and the writing process is always different depending on song to song and genre to genre and ideas to ideas and you found success in 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 writing by yourself and with a guitar in your rat ass room and and put it stuff together and and go that way and and you have found success in your work i mean just you know and it, this may not be a, the the best barometer for stuff but looking you know on, on i listen to music a lot uh, either it's on either on record or spotify and looking at spotify and you know the big songs millions and millions of streams so it seems like you're doing something correctly to get people to the to the song, to the album, to wherever, and you can take that from there. Sure. Well, we're trying. You know, I'm try- I'm just. Yes, I, I I feel very thankful for the songs that have caught traction, and and um, and you know, it's because um, you, you just never you never know. Um, you never know what's gonna what's gonna work exactly, and you know some people might look at at me and say, "Well, maybe he should maybe he should try to collaborate with people more often." And I, you know what? Honestly, the two songs that I did collaborate with other people on the record are two of my favorite songs on the record. You know, so there's something to be said about that. So I, I want to be clear. I, I don't. I'm not against the idea of collaboration. I think, I think sometimes you can you can you know we need other people and we need inspiration from other people. And, and sometimes you can really feed off of that, um, something that someone else is giving you. Um, and, and the collaboration is a really beautiful thing. And so I, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not blatantly opposed to collaboration. No. I want to be clear on that, but, but I do think that, uh, um, you know, I just, for, for me, um, where I'm, where I'm at and with what I like to do, it's, um, it's it's a it's not a giant circle of people that I love to collaborate with and and maybe I'm a curmudgeon but uh, that's you know it is it I just kind of I'm, I I I'd like to think of it more as I know what I like and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm comfortable enough in my um, in my old age now to uh, <laughs> to know know what I like. And, uh, you know, there's, maybe there's a bit of that Clint Eastwood kind of get off the lawn, uh, kind of thing to it, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually fine with that. Uh, Us old people at our, in in our (laughs) mid thirties, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I can understand that. I, I think I've turned curmudgeon myself, especially during the, uh, the, the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last few years. I, th- I've definitely turned very curmudgeon-y uh, and I'm not, and I'm not going to change it. I think a lot of people uh, are, are, are thinking out their ass and not with their brain. So um, I feel like um, we, we can do uh, a lot better, but uh, you, you talk about inspiration and, you know, you, you, you have, you know, a wife, you know, a, a kid, and a uh, little behind the scenes stuff when we recorded this interview, we had to stop twice because his son <laughs> kind of walked in. So far. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's fine. I thought I thought I thought it was absolutely hilarious and adorable. And and, and you live in, in, in a beautiful farm area. And so like and you're surrounded by nature. So you're you're inspired by so much. 
So I think it's it's a beautiful thing that you can figure out your songs by yourself without the the assistance of a of a circle. But you're not against the idea of a circle places, and I, I think it's wonderful. And the and the you know the full length record um, is tremendous, and and people should uh, go uh, reach out and go listen to it uh, wherever they can. Um, looking ahead, we spoke about possible shows. We spoke about. Uh, other things uh, uh, getting back on the road, maybe, uh, maybe touring this album. What else is in the pipeline? What is in the world of Bones Owens? Oh, man, well, you know, uh, this this uh, this record that we just that we just put out, you know, was was actually recorded pre pre pandemic. So, as you can imagine, I'm sitting on a pile of songs that I'm ready to, I'm ready to record and make the next record. Um, but I, you know, we're not quite to that point yet. Um, but, um, I'm still writing, still actively writing. I, I think I wrote a song yesterday that, um, that will be on the next record. So like, that's, that's exciting. You know what I mean? It's exciting to still be, um, I have enough. I certainly have more than enough songs to just go make the next record, but, uh, there's this thing called recoupment, you know, where, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to sell enough copies of the, of the last record, um, uh, you know, to kind of be, uh, you know, to get, to get your, uh, funding back for the next one, so to speak. And so that's where I'm at with that. But, um, you know, yeah, there's, there's some shows in the books. There's, um, um, a lot of what I have in, in the calendar for this year is, stuff that were make updates from 2020 stuff that was canceled. And, um, we are, uh, I, I, I know that uh, th there's some tours that have additional tours that have been submitted for that. I can't speak on yet that aren't confirmed, but potential, um, a lot of the stuff that I have that, that is announced is, um, dates with, um, my friends, whiskey Myers, a band from Texas who I did a lot of stuff with in, um, uh, in 2019, um, prior to making this album and, uh, and they're, um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out with them. So it's a good time. The great guys, great band. And, uh, and, and yeah, potentially in, in the fall, maybe some other tours as well that I can't, again, can't speak on, but I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping something, uh, uh, firms up because, you know, yeah, I mentioned to get out there and play. And uh but that's yeah, that's you know, for the for the uh foreseeable future, it's just trying to trying to do a bunch of shows, trying to get back out in front of people in in places and settings where it's uh you know appropriate and safe to do that. And um and uh who knows? Uh there's I think that you know I think there's a little bit of new music that may end up being released this year. Stuff that's stuff that's uh, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to call it a B side, but maybe an extra track or, or two from, from this. We didn't just record the 12 songs. We recorded like 15 songs when we made the record. And uh, I've got, I'm sitting on a pile of, of material that hasn't come out on records that's already been recorded and it's like ready to be released as well. So who knows, we might uh, trickle a song or two like that out between now and the end of the year, just to kind of, uh, 
tide people over until the next record is made but uh, which yeah. is always interesting and 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 I and I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the album a lot of the album that you put you you uh you recorded you recorded live to tape which was always very fun and very interesting to do yeah yeah we did um my my friend Paul Moak has a studio here in Nashville called the Smokestack and he's got all the fun old toys and you know including his tape machine and so you know that's how the old records were made that i love and it's a part of the sound and capturing that capturing the live to tape thing is is uh it's it's a luxury to be able to do it and i'm you know stoked that we can do that and it's uh twofold you know because it's part of the sound and it's also part of the experience i mean you're you're the pressure is on you know there's not exactly an easy copy and paste so you really you got to be on everybody's got to be on their a game and bringing it that day in the studio um because what you see is what you get and uh of course you know we'll overdub certain things solos and things like that but right. the the basic track that you're hearing bass drums rhythm guitar at the very least those things are all were all recorded in the room together um live which is yeah it's just it's part of the feel that's awesome and so when what, what you listen to is uh is, is something very magical and you can you can feel it and you'll see it live hopefully next time you see bones on tour um bones if you want to if people want to get in touch with you how do they do so um you know uh the inner the interwebs uh <laughs> you know instagram is really where i'm most active as far as social media is concerned um, but of course I'm, I'm on Facebook and, and Twitter and everything, but, uh, you know, uh, Instagram would be, would be, uh, the spot, you know, it's at, at bones Owens, um, pretty much all across the board. So. Excellent. And of course you can follow this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Uh, follow us on social media at on the radar PC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and find all our links and what we've been up to, uh, over at on the radar PC. Dot com. Uh, anything else you want to add? Any, any two cents? Anything you want to leave us with? You know, um, yeah, actually, you mentioned earlier that, um, that you're in Toledo. Yes, sir. And uh, I was just, we were talking about my bands in college, and uh, I was just remembering that um, I used to have, um, I used to have a bit of disdain for the town of Toledo. Um, oh, oh, how come? And I'll tell you why, because... Okay. I, uh, um, the first tour that I, the first tour I ever did, I was, uh, I don't know, I, was pro I think I was maybe 19. And we, uh, my band at the time, we booked it ourselves. It was about a two week tour. I don't know if you can really consider that a tour, but it, it, it was, it was my first real time on the road. And we, we booked it ourselves and we played um, several um, questionable, um, venues uh, all the way from Kansas City to New York City and back and uh, and I mean we played uh, for instance in F Philadelphia or somewhere outside of Philadelphia we I remember we played at like in like a YMCA um, you know <laughs> and, and uh, but we played some some a few small clubs on that tour and uh, we did it in like a really old van um, 
with a trailer and um, an old conversion van and it smelled terribly i remember um my guitar player at the time maybe it's just it's the whole picture that i'm trying to paint here right yeah my guitar player at the time did not um bathe regularly and um we would uh um me and some of the other guys in the band he didn't have any money and we would bribe him with like truck stop hot dogs like the two for two for two for one uh <laughs> truck stop hot dogs like dude we'll give you two hot dogs or we'll give you a pack of Paul malls or whatever you know those kind of things you know if you'll take a shower at the next mm-hmm. city but um <laughs> anyway painting a picture of the tour as it were and we're, we're in um we're in Toledo I'd never been there in my life and and we played a show and I remember there wasn't very many people there. And I remember that at the end of the night um, we got paid and um, the, the club owner guy or whatever paid us $6. And, um, <laughs> and of course, you know, this is, we didn't have anyone like representing us. We just booked right. it ourselves. And I'm sure that the club didn't make anything that night. It, it's, you know, there's a lot more understanding on my part now mm-hmm. that I'm older, but I remember for years being like, like, man, like somehow it was like Toledo's fault, you know, that no one came to our show right? dollars, you know, whatever. But uh, that was my first ever experience in Toledo. Now, thankfully I've had a couple better experiences in Toledo since then, but thank goodness. Yeah. But that was my initial um, Toledo um uh <laughs> we were like you know all right i don't know what we even do like maybe we just he can just keep his six dollars you know right <laughs> right uh yeah but uh anyway that little uh that little nugget i don't know that that's a good way to send things off but that is uh you know what as one midwesterner to another um i appreciate you having me on the show and um uh, you know I'm, i may live in the south now but uh you know, never forget where you're from. It's still all about the Midwest. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I couldn't say any, I couldn't add anything to that. So I'm just going to end the show here. I am Peapod and you are you. And thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the On the Radar podcast. Yeah.